Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 175. Hello, hello! This is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we have to do breathing exercises as we consume the news to stay alive. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and I yield back the balance of my time to myself. Wow. I'm going to keep fucking talking, you guys. Today, uh, we're going to talk about the time-yieldy impeachment inquiry. Inquiry. Um, we'll also talk about last night's debates because elections are still happening. And finally, nobody's having babies. Why is that happening? You guys, today's panel is so exciting. No, but before I talk about today's panel, I'm not going to talk about how exciting the panel is. I'm going to talk about something that's far less exciting and t- way more sad, which is today is Harry Nelson, our dear producer. Uh, it's his last day on the show. Harry! Harry. It's so sad to see him go. Um, <laughs> My friend Harry. Harry, do you have... Um, now that this is your last show, can you say something and it'll be recorded? Maybe. He's getting a microphone. Hello? Harry. Oh, oh God. Okay. Harry. Hi. There's yeah, this, hi, everyone. Um, hi, it, Fake the Nation. Uh, hi. That's but the Harry's voice that you've maybe never heard. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. If they're, if they're fans of my other work, they've heard me. <laughs> uh, but, but let's be honest. Who's fans of your other yeah. work? <laughs> Literally no one. Um, not even my mother. But Harry, uh, it's your last day. How do you feel? 
you know, sad. <laughs> I'm very tired, you know. One, uh, time, one time Harry took me to the um, Scruff, which is the gay dating <laughs> app, the Scruff Holiday Party. Yeah. Harry and I went to that together. It was nice. <laughs> and did you guys sounds like fucking fun. bag a bunch of dudes or what yeah, happened? Yeah, we that mostly, wasn't really the vibe. We just awkwardly stood around a bunch of tech bros. <laughs> yeah. But we got free drinks. Does Scruff stand for something? Uh, what does Scruff, scruff stand just for? Like, or is it just Scruff? Just I think scruff. it was supposed to be like, this is for like, I don't want no Harry scruff. guys. And then That's it's been a real pleasure to be here Harry. with all of you people, especially you, Nagin. But uh, you're like m- mostly Leah and Aaron, though. <laughs> yeah, we've just had our own kind of like the, you know, we, the two of us have had our own kind of thing. So uh, it's just been. What did we, what good did we too. email about dogs? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's been such a joy to work with you, Harry. I'm really sad to see you go. And uh, man. Earwolf really knows how to pick them and then rip them away from me. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for your service to the show. Thank you. You shall continue to serve the show for the next 45 minutes. (laughs) Yes. And speaking of which, let's move on. Um, today I am joined by, uh, now you already heard their voices, um, because they were weighing in on Harry's life. (laughs) Um, we have on the show returning, both of them returning, uh, she's been on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. She's the co-host of the podcast, Were You Raised by Wolves? You guys, you know her, you love her, you've heard her. It's Leah Bonima. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. Hello. Um, we also have, um, returning to the show, um, uh, fabulous comedian. He's a performer for the National Lampoon Radio Hour, which will be relaunching Toot Sweet. Um, it's all very exciting, and we're so glad to have you. You guys, it's Aaron Jackson. Hello, hello. Thanks for having oh me. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so let's just fucking get into it, you guys, with Great. topic number one. Uh, last night, we watched the Democratic primary debates. And that's all I wrote down. I literally just wrote down <laughs> last night. Watch the debate. <laughs> I actually missed the first 45 minutes because I was doing a gig. I'm a comedian, as you both know. Mm-hmm. Um, listeners, did you hear? Uh, and um, I and so but when I came back, the very first it's it's funny because the first five minutes of what I saw encapsulated everything that I feel was true about the debate, which was the first thing I saw. Absolute first thing I saw was Joe Biden tripping over over his words, answering something that I couldn't even tell what it was because it was an awkward answer. Um, Then I saw um, Pete Buttigieg say something sort of nice, but like without very much to say, Mm -hmm. but he was sounded nice, like a nice guy. Um, And then I heard Elizabeth Warren say something super specific and totally and utterly brilliant about housing. And she, guess what, had a plan for that. And I was like, I don't even know what everyone else is talking about, but this woman has actual, we all know where I stand. And I am, I've become so aggressive about You're it. You're Biden. I'm so, yeah, I feel like, was that, I couldn't tell, was that Biden or no, Pete? But then, but, then, but then I heard Kamala Harris fucking do some prosecutorial, like, fucking let's get this shit together. Kamala what? rocked it last night. Yeah, she was really she good. Did a great job. And then you know who else? I walked away being like, 
I um I have googly eyes for Amy Klobuchar. Get out of here, Cory Booker. Oh, oh he Booker. was great. Yeah, he, he was that, that so was maybe good. his best. Guys, I fucking, I think it was his I best. fucking yeah. donated. I don't. He said go to CoryBooker.com, help he me get I into will. the next debate stage, and I fucking did because I was like, there are a lot of people who should not be on this stage. <laughs> you, sir, should be on. This I can't stage. believe that Julian Castro wasn't on this stage. I know, and that was upsetting. Tulsi I know. Gabbard was. What? I don't even. Tom Steyer. What? I know, how? I how? Steyer. How? I missed. I um. DVR the show because I was also in a show. Um, wow. I was also a comic. And oh, then so okay. what happened was that... I guess Leah's also a comedian. <laughs> I yeah. should have just like football DVR'd the 30 minutes afterwards because they ran over so I caught the beginning and then I missed closing statements oh, because right. they ran over two oh. hours and then... And the beginning yeah. was just sort of softballs. They were like, is Trump bad? You know, if, <laughs> you really did not need to see the beginning. But I felt I like guess, Kamala came out the... swinging right up yeah, top yeah, though. Yeah, she but really... what did she say? Uh, yeah, can you guys talk about what happened when they were asked about impeachment. She came out hard on the impeachment um, and it being, you know, against the American people, like that this is a, not us, that we do not interfere with elections. And I don't know if you missed the part where... Well, sorry, that... Um... The impeachment shouldn't be the inquiry shouldn't be happening. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry, that Trump's that behavior Trump, okay, Trump's is like behavior. that. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry, I was confused. She was there. being a prosecutor. She was like, "We have a yeah. criminal in the White House," and yeah, she, was, you know. she was doing what she does best. Yeah. And then yeah. I don't know if this was at the beginning, if you missed it, but she was the first person who took shots at Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, they had the 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 only why like was real fight. Taking, why was anyone taking? <laughs> yeah. shots she maybe at Tulsi she Gabbard. maybe took a shot at. Kamala first, yeah, and, and Kamala was like, what? no, just shut her down. Maybe. Um, I don't remember. It was fun. Um, <laughs> she was really out of her league. But I have filmed it on my Instagram, and why can't I totally blanky on it? Because now the Pete, but it was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But Tulsi, and it not, was interesting because I mean, she Tulsi, also tried Kamala, to. Yeah. Right. Tulsi really upsets me. She also said something weird like, Pete Buttigieg, you want us to go into Mexico with troops or something like oh, that? Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, she tried to go for I, Pete. And then he was like, I don't want us to invade Mexico if that's <laughs> the ridiculous thing you're implying. And I just was like, every any amount of time that she was talking felt, and that anyone was even responding to her felt like oh, waste, 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 waste. Yeah, waste. yeah I, I remember what it was because I wrote here in my great notes, Tulsi Gabbard or Tulsi Garbage. That's uh, <laughs> so uh, smart. Damn. Wow, yeah. So that I remember was really good. Kamala Harris said basically like, um, essentially there's a person on this oh. panel who is not right. a Democrat, has shit on the Democrats, right, right, you know, right. because of all of Tulsi's yeah. statements against Hillary Clinton. Um, and and, you know, is you know, came at her rightfully so. Yeah. And so and then they put the split screen and yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. face was like, and you're like, oh, I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> get her, Kamala, get her. But like, it's interesting because how did she even make it onto the debate? I, I just I'm so I'm she reminds mystified. Me of like, um, me too. I, don't, mystified. I don't know a single person who's a Tulsi fan. Well, no. I do. We talked about. Do. Oh, do you? And they are. It's a very specific demographic. <laughs> Can you, um, without ruining your friendship, can you tell us maybe, the profile of the Democrat? burning a few friends, but it's, uh, they're all men and okay. they are white and they are heterosexual and... Are they biohackers? They are, they're always like, but she served in the military and I'm like, okay, there's yeah. other people right. that served in the military and I'm not disrespecting her military record. I... Yeah, it, this, it's this her blanket. other issues. Yeah, you can't, there's no blanket thing where you served in the military, therefore you get away with absolutely everything. That's not, you still yeah. have to like... Stay 
stand up for yourself as a human being. And there are also right. people who have voted um, independent or weren't totally anti-Trump because they think that she's uh, against the corruption of the yeah, Democrats. a disruptor of the system. And that the Democrats yeah. are making her look bad on purpose because they don't want somebody yeah. to come in. She's I was like, fine. I don't know. Uh, you're, you're also the same okay people making yourself that look believe bad. the moon landing was fake. Right, right, so, right. right. Flat earthers. Um, it's interesting because the whole idea of like th- th- one of the things that kind of came up for me yesterday was we need to have a healthy discourse around what it means to serve the country. And we kind of don't like we kind of view serving the country very narrowly as a military function. Yeah, they're kind of going, at, oh, Elizabeth Warren, you've never been in the military. And she's like, so you're no, like but garbage. I've been a public servant yeah, exactly. my whole fucking life. Exactly. Like, what are you, <laughs> like she, I, to me, to and and I, I, I don't know, is this like a controversial position? I really don't think it should be. But to me, a public school teacher and someone in the military are both serving the country, right? Right, like, just in different ways. And just in different ways. And I understand that there's a, there's, you know, with, with military service, there's a life or death component. And so I really, truly and deeply appreciate and value that. Um, but I also don't feel the need to devalue other forms of service in order to value that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like that's something that we sort of do and we don't we don't prize teachers as much. We don't prize first responders as much, although a little bit more. Um, yeah. And there's just got to be other ways that you can serve the country and, and be lauded for it. You know, I think that we should laud all of them. That should be, especially like when you watch the impeachment hearings and these people who've been serving their country and are being treated like trash. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think with the military, it is specifically different because they have left their families. They've left their homes. They're putting their lives on the line. I I agree. And then when they come home, they're not taken care of. Um, So so I do think it's, but I also agree that at the same time, all of these people are serving our country in one way or another. Right. And I think also it's, to me, when you're a politician that says, "I, I support the troops or whatever, if you don't have a policy position that says and when the troops come home this is their workforce development program and i don't want to talk to you absolutely you know what i mean yeah you're fucking empty you can say you support the troops but do you really right because you're not how how the fuck are you supporting the troops you know i I think we can all agree that donald trump is not served his country uh, in any means capacity ever Ever. bone spurs leah (laughs) show some empathy (laughs) okay it was bone spurs being ableist um, <laughs> uh, Aaron, who 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 won the debate for you? I mean, I unfortunately um, am like not unfortunately. I just um, for variety. I am I'm very um, into Warren. Right. I, I, I don't want to. I'm unfortunately into Warren. Is it the worst? Can you just, just retake that sentence yeah, yeah. completely? I'm, I'm like, very excited about Elizabeth Warren yes, for the sake of uh, variety on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I will oh, yeah. Sorry, not to guys. drag. Um, I had a hard, I have a hard time finding non warrants. <laughs> I know. And not to drag Tulsi back up, but I did. Um, I would say I had the most fun watching her. The yeah. Whole day. Whenever she came in, I was like, oh, good. Even though it was a waste of time. But um, she's like a Disney villain almost. She, so she's yes. like a low voice. Oh, it is yes. like, you know. Like, 
like, I kind don't of know her. Them. Maybe she's like I'm a sure nice lady lovely. in per in, in her, her closing personal statements life. that you didn't get to see were also so just. She, she was just basically like, I believe in like being nice to people, and it was like, what? what? Yeah, but like, you're not. Yeah, though, it was just so. Weird. You're like every all of them are bringing up something. Uh, you know, like bringing up some sort of policy or something. Like here's sort of uh, put a stamp in what I and hers was just. Like, also, we should be nice to be able to talk to each other. It's like, yeah, sure. What is yeah, a, totally? A, 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 and it's it's interesting. I think if you can't name a policy position from a person on that stage, then that person shouldn't make it into the next round. Yeah, and she's I like one, that idea, right? And she's one that I'm like. What do you, right. what is your, but what do you want to do? Like, but what do you want to do? Like, I don't. What do you want? Oh, wait, also. Or what it, do you do? What, <laughs> what do you do? What do you, it yeah. was Biden's birthday. Oh, I didn't know that. So we were saying maybe this time he was stumbling because maybe he was drunk from like a fun champagne brunch. I felt right, he stumbled right. less just to throw <laughs> yeah, one out for him. Actually, yeah, I heard Still. that in the 45 minutes that I missed, he was, he actually did well is what I heard. Uh. I feel like he he wasn't um, I've also come so Tulsi is breaking my my personal rule which I've tried very hard just for me to not say anything negative about any of the candidates because I will vote for any single person Uh, up there I'm sure and I I think it's important to discuss ideas and um, so obviously I broke that with Tulsi because I just can't Um, (laughs) (laughs) honestly the way she insults Hillary Clinton is so ridiculous Mm -hmm. and the democratic party so then don't run as a democrat there was a great tweet where somebody said everybody's insulting uh tulsi gabbard but it really she's the only republican who had the balls to show up and be on the democratic (laughs) 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 but i thought that i like you were saying cory booker really came to play yeah yeah he really did he you know what he's got he's funny yep he's got timing he's come he's like a natural speaker you know what i mean yeah. there's some like for example like i would again i would gleefully vote for amy klobuchar but she's not she's not a natural speaker not a like, natural speaker and neither is biden and apparently like, she's funny like in real life um and everyone's like oh it'd be great if she brought some of that humor to she the had stage. that um her ex's joke yeah that Did was great that? that was Actually, so funny a lot of them were sort of like bringing some, some type jokes. five yeah. <laughs> like, i thought that was so funny there. i wrote it down yeah, they were like, they're like to putting it they're like can i have a copy of this tape so that i could send it to yeah. there yeah. um Comedy i thought amy Kosher did a great job yeah, I thought she did no too. and i think right and i would i would i would i would trust that she would do a good job as president right like i i what i have a, i have a lot of faith in her as a someone who could be a leader um i i'm i'm a little just uh, like underwhelmed by her you know, middle of the road. I'm just like... I think that she actually feels that way, though. And I feel like she's very yeah. direct about what her policies are yeah. and how they work she, and the amount of work that she's done. Right. She no, said that she went off on a whole, like, I'm not... She didn't say I, but she's... You don't have to be the loudest, the most yeah. exciting person no. to be the most effective politician. No. But, uh, I Agreed. mean, that is an unfortunate and that's what, I mean, aspect and Elizabeth of it. Warren you, is not the loudest person. I thought that no. she also didn't skirt the issue... The moderators were fantastic. Mm-hmm. When it they was s- actually well moderated, yeah. all in all. They were yeah. like, keep to the time, right. go to the next question, all answer ladies. the question. Yeah, they yeah, rocked yeah. it. Um, when they brought up, you said this about Pete Buttigieg, and um, she was like, about him, that no woman could have it, as little experience that he had and be on the panel. And she didn't not answer the question. I thought she she complimented him and his record mm-hmm. and the things that he's done and said that she thinks he's 
uh, deserves to be there. But what she was saying is that a woman would have to, women always have to do more, more. And that we can see that because otherwise we'd be able to say, which was our favorite female president. And I thought that was a wonderful and she didn't hide from what she was saying right right no i liked that and i also think i mean i went on my apology tour about bernie and Buttigieg last week you guys missed it <laughs> uh, because apparently because i haven't like been as uh you know like warm toward them yeah and and i well, you know will vote for everybody t- minus tulsi um <laughs> And she's never getting it. It's like it's such a waste of time. Anyway, um, but uh, but I think she, you know, she kind of really brought out this point and it looked it on stage. He just like strangely looked younger than he's ever looked for some reason to me. I was like, he looks like he was on my debate team in high school. Oh, uh, Mayor Pete. Yeah, yeah, Mayor yeah, yeah. Pete. he did look and fresh And he just looked JV and everyone else is varsity. You know what I mean? And that's just kind of the feel like and and that's OK. Like you'll be varsity varsity one day right yeah. i mean and he might be varsity very soon <laughs> we'll see what happens we'll um but it's interesting so do you think that uh, um, i think part of the problem is that we're now competing with impeachment for people's attention yeah. when it comes to this the primary do you think anything changed to me it felt like and i don't know what either of you thought but to me it felt like the popular kids are still the popular like the popular kids did a good job the people on the outskirts are still on the outskirts. Uh, to me, it didn't really change. It felt like, okay, yeah, we could have almost skipped that one. I, I didn't, like, learn anything, uh, to me at least. Right. Felt like nothing really. I thought some people did a, a better job than they did. I thought Cory Booker did a good job, better than he's done. Yeah. But I don't know that enough to... To, like, change anything To shake for it him. up. I don't, I don't know. But apparently he's doing very well in Iowa, which, oh, okay. again, the garbage, garbage system that we're in where... Iowa matters. Yeah, Iowa. Anyway, King Iowa, Iowa. Iowa should matter. Yeah. Along with 49 right, other right, states right. all at the same time. Right. That's what should matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, but he is, I think, um, it, it is fairly competitive there. So, um, strangely, not he does not have the black vote. <laughs> He doesn't yeah, have a black yeah. vote. Neither does Kamala Harris. That is all Biden. So, like, uh, it's just very interesting to me. I mean, um, that 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 he hasn't even been able to make a dent in getting, like, the black vote in South Carolina, which is the next state that matters more than 46 right, other right. states. Um, so. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, that. That way, basically, I just want some of the ones who we've been saying the, the whole debate? time. And just like there needs to be like six. Who do you? Who are your six? I think. I mean, they're not even my six, but it's like let's just say it. It should be Warren, Biden, Bernie, Mayor Pete. Um, I would like a, a Amy and Kamala. Oh, Amy and Kamala. Okay, but those I, are but your I, six. But if and if, you would if, cut Corey, I would cut Corey. But if Corey slipped in there, he'd be like, okay. Like, I don't want. I don't want Biden, but right. like if he's he's going to be is that there, your you know six, I mean? Leah? Um, I would be like, can we have seven and then <laughs> have the same and put Booker? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I actually felt like last night's debate felt the most hopeful for me because oh, some of the other ones I wasn't felt depressed. chaotic. Yeah. yeah, I left the other ones depressed. Like yeah, yeah. we're killing each other. Right. Um, we're in the and this yeah. felt and I think it was also the moderators. Yeah. Um, and because I don't mind like in a few moments we got comfortable where they were like, please answer the question. She even said it to Elizabeth Warren, but I was like, I want people to have ideas and be able to debate and yeah. but they didn't I felt like when they came at each other it was um 
I don't know. I felt better about it. It wasn't even, even when Cory Booker said to Biden, like you were talking about not legalizing marijuana. Oh, and yeah. honestly, I thought you were high when you said it. <laughs> yeah. He did it with such a smile. Like yeah. it was such a joke. You know, and he immediately started laughing. Off. Like it was still, you know, fun. Yeah. It was in the, it was in Yang the spirit was making of jokes. Yang. <laughs> Yang. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I almost always forget to talk about Yang. But guys, he's like consistently... In the game, and I yeah. also he's very not much enjoy him. He's not he's one not of your six. And I want to say, he has more policies. You know, right? He's some great ideas. He's talking he's about. Got- Actual ideas. I mean, it's more than Pete Buttigieg, to be honest. I feel yeah, like yeah. I could list things that a Yang is like wants to bring to the table. And mm-hmm. he specifically said uh, last night, I, I like it when people specifically say this is a thing that needs to happen. And he specifically said that white supremacy needs to go on the list of domestic terrorism so it can be like specifically yeah. prosecuted as that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he has very clear ideas of like what the actuality of the thing has yeah, to be. Yeah. And I really enjoy that about him. Yeah. No, I, I mean, he's, you know, I, I don't think he's going to win the nomination. But right. like, I appreciate what he's doing in the thought that he's putting into it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not I'm not I'm torn on on universal basic income and his idea uh, or ideas around it. But like. At least he's got ideas. Yeah. You know? All right, you guys. Um, <laughs> but still Elizabeth Warren. Anyway, right? I mean, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, you know what I mean? But like Elizabeth. I do think it is a debate on the universal health care because I feel like a lot of America has specifically weighed in saying they want to keep their private insurance. Right. So I think that's an important discussion, regardless of and how she's, I and feel she's talked about, about it. And she's talked about having a two-step plan, right? Where, like, first you have a public option and then when... You know, when, yeah, you know, in year three, three right. there she would have she would go into Medicare for all because and I and I think the interesting thing is I, everyone wants universal health care. Everyone wants everyone to be covered. Everybody wants a public option. And every, mm-hmm. Right. Everyone wants a public option. Um, And then and then it's sort of like, let's see if we can even fucking get that. And then if we can, like we can talk about. A Medicare for all situation. I don't think any what Bernie and, and Warren are trying to do and what Bernie did from 2016 and it worked is open the Overton window, move the Overton window to the left so that we can begin to believe that we deserve health care. Right, right. right. And to that's make, what right. they're doing on the debate stage. Do they think that on de- you know January 21st, 2021, fucking insurance companies are going to be obliterated? No. No, that's we're all reasonable here. We know that's not how it works, Um, but they are moving the discussion in that direction. And that matters because we do deserve health care. We deserve it. We deserve to be a healthier country. We don't deserve this anxiety. This needs to be dealt with. And I feel like they're the you know, they're saying it. They're the most passionate about it. I do. But I do agree that everybody on that stage wants everybody to have health care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, you guys. We'll continue to watch these elections as they continue. I just want them maybe actually we could go the opposite way and add Inslee back in because I miss him. <laughs> oh, you know, because also climate change. I mean, I do. I and he really, just hit it home every yeah, time for climate change. I really, change. really think yeah. also I would love any of these guys to just be more harder hitting on climate change. Except that guy last night was very hard hitting and I just blanked on his name. What's his name? He's on the far end. The guy who I was like, Steyer? oh, I didn't know. Steyer. I didn't even know why Poor he was. Yeah, he I was, was like shocked when he came. Yeah. He really was like, it's 
emergency. It should be an emergency not a, situation. He's not a total, like, he's not a piece of shit or anything. Oh, no. You he's giving all I mean? of his money he's, away. He's I a mean, great yeah, guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yang, Yang brought, is like, I just want to say, Steyer's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, he's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I so, thought yeah, he was great. Yeah. I just it's was just like, like, I, I didn't know. don't yeah. see him winning, I, but I do. I mean, like, do I want him to, like, Bill Gates us into a climate change thing, like the way Gates is doing with malaria or whatever? Sure. Although I, we could talk about whether or not billionaires should be solving our problems. They should not. Right. Okay. Uh, it should be the government. All right. I will um, take money, a- though, if you want to solve my problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Case by case basis. I got to get a, I gotta get a new tooth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's never-ending dental issues, oh guys. My God. It's a I whole have, thing. Yeah. Don't All even right. go. You know what we're going to do? So. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen um, about our sponsors. We're going to listen dearly <laughs> and with heart um, because the sponsors keep the lights on here at Fake the Nation. We love them. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about impeachment. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Today's show is sponsored by Pros. This is kind of, I feel like, you know, I'm on some sort of Lord of the Rings journey trying to figure out skincare. And I feel like this customized skincare line is really got my name on it. Basically, every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare, I tried the skincare just recently, is made to order and it's personalized. It's got a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs, like specifically you. And then the way they do it is you take this great, like in-depth quiz, basically. They analyze over 80 factors for a complete view of your life, your beauty goals, Um, Like I have oily skin that's also dry, which is just a fun little conundrum. I live in New York City. Like we've got these four seasons. My my face gets weird during seasonal shifts. Um, I all of these things I got to kind of talk about 
in like in answering the questions. Um, the other fun thing was they asked us at the end, like, do you like a creamy type of moisturizer or like a less creamy kind? And I was kind of like, mm, I think like less creamy. And they were like, that's fine. Like you can do that. But we think for your skin type, creamier is better. And I never knew that. So I love that there's so much kind of personal information that goes into creating this. I got my stuff in the mail very quickly after I got a wonderful serum. Like I said, this very creamy moisturizer. Um, and this also very just delectably creamy cleanser that just kind of feel like I, I think it's possible that I've been washing my face with just like harsh harshness like many years because when I saw this cleanser I was like oh is this what it's supposed to feel like it's supposed to feel like a little bit of a delight on my face that's not what I've been doing so I don't know guys and here's the thing you don't have to take my word for it in a third-party double-blind dermatologist supervised controlled clinical study um, which is like the gold standard for research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives which just sort of totally makes sense on a just logical level if you think about it just it makes common sense pros are so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make 50 percent of your first subscription order at pros.com slash fake the nation um will be taken off that's pros.com slash fake the nation you get your free consultation and 50 percent off your one-of-a-kind formulas uh again that's pros.com slash fake the nation go and get your just super personalized luxurious skincare products and hair care products that's what i'm gonna try next so pros.com slash fake the nation i am the type of person that has subscribed to things and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app. And I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money. And because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry. Thank God Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you. So you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels 
unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. And we are back, you guys. Um, what a break we all just took and in, in lovingly listening to sponsors. And now we're going to move into topic number two. Okay, so on Tuesday, we saw Alexander Vindman and Jennifer Williams do their thing mm-hmm. uh, in the impeachment inquiry. Sorry, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that uh, we can talk about as Americans? Um, then Kurt Volker and Tim Morrison took the stage. Um, they all seemed to confirm that Donna used military aid to get an investigation. Like, basically, everyone's like, yeah, there was a quid pro quo. Yeah, there was a quid pro quo. Yeah, yeah there were like, it was like, n- there wasn't very much in the way of not accepting that. Yeah, everybody seemed pretty on board with that <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, right, everyone's right. like, uh, there was a quid pro quo. And then, uh, guys, the most fun testimony was Gordon Sondland. Yes. Can I just say about Gordon, though? It felt like he was at a cocktail party, <laughs> swilling a drink, doing this testimony. Like, the man had a good time. He was Am fun. I right? He was, he was having so, right. so much fun. Is He was like, God, I didn't know. Like, I, I've never done a testimony. Let's do this. This is such a good time. I know. It's like, he was, like, he's like, I've been a hotelier this entire time. I could have been testifying. What? This is like a career opportunity opportunity I missed. Um, that seems so fair that one of Trump's guys would be like that to Trump. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, Trump, yeah. I feel like Trump really eats it up and this guy was like, my turn. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, because didn't he, wasn't there a moment, there was like some moment where uh, where where he, or someone, he says to to Taylor or something like, uh, yeah, the Ukrainians love your ass. Like, yes, like that's that. what it says, loves your ass. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's an la- impeachment. And then he laughed. He laughed and laughed. And he was just like, that's just how I talk to yeah. Trump, our president. And it, was, <laughs> it was an impeachment party. Yeah. Um, this morning, right before I left, it yeah. was on the way here. Holmes was, um, who clearly was like, I just want to make it clear that I didn't want to be a part of this. I am invested in being a, you know, I've been a civil servant. A civil servant. I've been doing it my whole life. Right. Um, like, he really is trying to be like this is not uh, and he was he was the guy that was at the restaurant yeah and was sitting next to uh, Sodom and then uh, he said Sodom was actually holding Sondland Sondland I keep saying Sodom like Sodom and Gomorrah and (laughs) I think Sondheim (laughs) Sondheim yes (laughs) every time I read it it's so hard Sondheim he was pulling the phone away he pulled the phone away from his ear because he said Donald Trump and he didn't say it like he was he didn't say it with a way where he was relishing putting down Trump it was just 
describing the situation that, of course, he could hear Trump. Uh, he's so loud. And that uh, S, the S-man had to hold the phone away from his ear. He's at a lunch restaurant right. on his cell phone with the president. And then that's when he said, the love's your ass. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in for favors. And blah, blah, blah. And you're like, you just taking you know, a cell phone. On the, on yeah. the, and just you're like, unbelievable. At a damn it's Denny's. Like, no, he like gets off the phone like, pow, 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 pow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, that was Donnie. Like, That's so it. ridiculous. Selfie. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, like, They're it's on so spring ridiculous. break or By something. By the way, can I also just say, whenever my mom has to use the Bluetooth in her car, she screams. And oh, I'm always right. like, please talk at a regular volume. Please talk at a regular volume. And I have to pull the phone away from my ear. And I was like, oh, my God, Donnie and this my mom. This is how national security secrets get leaked. I, I know. Exactly. Like, I would never want my mom to have national security secrets. And like oh, Donnie, who has the same like volume on cell phone issues, has national security secrets uh. when they let him. Sometimes they don't let him. And I know? think it was the same conversation where a lot of uh, expletives were after he hung up the phone. He was like, yeah, he doesn't expletive care about uh, the Ukrainian people. He doesn't. <laughs> cunt care about the Ukrainian? Is yep, that correct? That's, that's okay. what I assume it was. That's what I figured it was. They let they really let you guess which one it is. <laughs> Mad libs. Um, I mean, Gordon like started out his testimony basically saying, I just want to be clear there was definitely I, I mean it was something like that. I'm 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 paraphrasing, but it was like, I want to be clear there was definitely a quid pro quo. And right. we all knew it. And and then but the funny thing, so Here's the interesting thing about the impeachment inquiry is that now the Republicans have such a narrow band of arguments like it's one of the arguments they made with Gordon Sondland, Sondheim and Sodom (laughs) was that um, he they were like so he said something like. Okay, so I was talking to Donnie, and then Donnie said, um, yeah, just go, just talk to Giuliani. He'll tell you what to right. do. And the lo- the Republican lawyer said, but he didn't say, go talk to Giuliani. And he was like, what? Like, no, I, I get, I mean, he said, talk to Giuliani, you know? So the word... Go was yeah. not is there. That, what was it in the Clinton impeachment? Where the they, definition of is? is. Yeah. What is the I is, mean, they, is. when you get impeached, you gotta really, <laughs> you gotta get those two yeah, letter yeah, words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure. It's we like know. what's the difference between talk to Giuliani and go talk to yeah. Giuliani? Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> yeah. Is that your legal argument? Right. And so it. So I guess, and and they can't really. They can't. They have no. They have nothing to say on the merits, right? Because everyone is corroborating the, the same. Because it was the Republican witnesses too. They were like, "Oops, right?" Yeah. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, these are their people." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Volker uh, was like, and, and Volker was like amending testimony all <laughs> over the place. They brought him in. They thought he was going to be the fucking yeah. guy, and he was not. And I hate how the Republicans. I just find it. These are people, and I said this before, but um, especially with him, who've served for so long and that Republicans would then come and question there, like when that guy um, got offered a job by the Ukraine. And then he was like basically insulting him for knowing multiple languages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you're questioning his patriotism. Oh, it's so heinous. It's so heinous and spineless. And it's disgusting. Uh, A couple of Faith Nations listeners pointed out that like, 
it's weird because a cup. So there was that. There was a, a few moments with Vinman, and it's so. It's just so frustrating that it's the one person who was an immigrant, a toddler immigrant, right? Yeah. Um. Who the who they're really attacking for I that? Know. But then they spend a lot of time being like, "Thank you for your service. We really respect your service." Almost to like, you know, kind of overcompensate for the attacks on Vinman. They're like. Thank you for your, you know, you're wearing your military thing. But they were kind of, and I just read this part, they kind of were like digging at him too. While they'd be like, thank you for your service. Do you usually make civilians address you in this way? You yeah. Know, that kind of, and, it's oh, like, do, you, do you normally wear that outfit? Right. Yeah. Like that military outfit yeah. or whatever? Kind of tacky. Like, to wear. What? <laughs> like, what? up how his father was like nervous because they'd left Russia, uh, you know, yeah. and then how he said, no, dad, I can, I can we live in a country and I'm allowed to present the truths because we live here. And it's like the whole reason that we're like proud of our, of people that emigrated here. And it was like so upsetting. I know. It was so it upsetting. Sucks. I know. And just like the weird, but the thing about the uniform, like really upset me. I was just like, yeah. this isn't a fucking episode of Queer Eye, guys. Get out of here. Like talking about what he is. trying to dig like, and wave. He's here yeah. in his professional ca- fucking capacity. And you're talking about what, like, of course he would wear his uniform. Right. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So and he's like, they're like, oh, do you know multiple languages? That's suspicious. Yeah. That's oh, so oh, is it? Thing, is that, it? Th- so yeah. You should be stupid. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You should be dumb. <laughs> so I haven't obviously been able to watch all of the hearings, like you know, as they're happening. But I, in in the instances that I've turned on the TV, I've, it's funny because there's two things I noticed. One, I turned on the TV, and they were like, and the first thing I heard was, "So did you have that conversation in Ukrainian?" Yes. 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 What? Yeah, that was so. Is I'm sorry. Is that just criminal? And then he was like, "No, the." English was really good. Was yeah, it? It was like, English was like perfect English. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the other thing I saw when I uh, turned on the TV was um, oh, the, the Devin Nunes. What's your joke there, Leah? Nunes or new no? <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, Fake the, the Nation court. is bringing it. Um, uh, Devin Nuno, um, he said something like, well, guys, the ratings are really low because turns out this is boring or something like that. And Ugh. I was like, this encapsulates the I entire know. GOP defense. Yep. Uh, why do you speak other languages and the ratings, the ratings are low? <laughs> yeah. Like this impeachment should be what a yeah. telenovela? Right. What do you want from an impeachment inquiry? They want like boxing ring girls yeah. like walking through in bikinis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, did, also, yeah. Um, I love how I said that and then I completely blanked on what I was about <laughs> also, to say. <laughs> it, was, it was off of what you were just saying. And now it's... Telenovelas. Oh, oh, but you're, no, no, previous to that. Okay. I love a telenovela. Um, <laughs> that the Republicans, as you were saying, since they can't clearly now dispute this story, it seems pretty lined up. Right. Everybody yeah. agrees on it. Yeah, yeah. Now they have to like argue like little things like why are you wearing that outfit and <laughs> which language. And then changing the whole... Now we're like, oh, no, no, the Ukraine were, were the people interfering and uh, and Donald Trump was the it was the first person to give them anything. Anyway, it's like now we, they're trying to spin the whole the framing of the story because yeah. they can't spin the the actual facts. It's weird too. They still want to, you know the whistleblower. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, it. I mean the okay. Here's the other crazy thing. That on top of that. The White House keeps saying, read the transcripts, right? The transcript, which is the call memo, not a full transcript, clearly says, is a, there's a, it's funny because it's literally 
fucking Zelensky being like, we want javelin missiles. And then Donald Trump being like, you have to do us a favor, though. So the <laughs> transcripts, yeah. like, lay out the withholding of the military mm-hmm. aid yes. and then a favor, right? It's like the transcripts do a, the same job right. that Vinman did, that Sondland did, that, right? Like, everyone's corroborating <laughs> yes. the transcripts. Yeah. What? It's such crazy gaslighting that read the transcript is their number one That's so true. defense yeah. point. I don't understand because read the transcript is the most damning yeah, thing like anyone could do. It's in the transcript. <laughs> it's really yeah. unbelievable. Why? And it continues. I thought for a second it was just like maybe going to happen like a couple weeks ago sure. when we didn't have the public testimony but now we have the public testimony. Everyone's corroborating. The transcript is also corroborating. What is the What's yeah. the fucking plan there? Yeah, I feel like it's what literally the like where the, it's the emperor's new clothes. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really to that. They where everybody's to... just like, look at him. He's naked. And yeah. they're like, he's like, look at me. I'm yeah. clothed. <laughs> I'm fully clothed. And everybody's like, oh, okay. I guess I guess you are. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just like trying to discredit the witnesses some just like by, yeah. by putting something in the air. But uh, yeah, the, it doesn't seem. All the witnesses like... have been so fantastic. Yeah. And they just like. And it's, not, it's everybody's every just doing their job. They're yeah. so clear. Clearly, really nobody wants any. You know what I mean? I also yesterday yeah. the Sondland. I felt like didn't he say? I wrote it down somewhere, but my notes look like the the <laughs> <Yeah>. Jokers. Um, <laughs> he said uh, everybody was in on. He was like, oh yeah, everybody knew. Or what was yeah. the line where it was like includes Pence and yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. He just right, like threw because, everybody. Uh, Pompeo, Pompeo yeah. Bolton, because. The, because I think one of the things that they were sort of doing was like there was the formal State Department team and then there was the shadow State Department team right. or whatever. And I think he was just sort of like, no, literally everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. where there was no like, was like Tulsi mo- knows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tulsi was over there with her white pants. <laughs> but like right that he was just sort of like this notion that like some people – didn't know what was going on. And I, I think that's what's also really interesting is Pence has now been fully thrown under the bus. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. I know. It's... Pence has been, <laughs> has been unsullied in a way by this presidency it's... that I don't understand. Especially for a man who is so sullied. I know, but he's still, they're, they're really <laughs> selling that like middle America, like he's well, a I mean, good his, guy. You know, he's got mother and, yeah. you know, that whole like, they, yeah. He's somehow good. be able to keep that image with this His state was about Vegas. to punt him out before oh, he got oh, picked. I, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, and so, I mean, he's not going to testify, obviously, because he'll have, he'll claim immunity. But it is interesting now, Bolton, I mean, uh, sorry, Pompeo, th- these are all people who... They're the ones that are going to have the most, the highest level um, information. They're not, you know, being allowed to testify or they're like following the White House's immunity argument. Uh, but I, do you think that without those people, it's like enough to, to, because to me, I'm like, can we just vote for impeachment today? It's right. like, we got the story. We know yeah. the story. We all know the story. Everybody knows. So do, what, what do you think is happening? Like, does, has any of this, Going to matter. Possibly going to sway a Republican person voting in Congress. I wish I could be like, hells yeah. I know. How could people disregard this? But I mean, it seems they could. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be who's throwing who under the bus. Um, What I don't understand is why don't the GOP, why don't they come out and do a like, guys, we can see now from, instead of like, we have low ratings, instead of that line of argument, 
come out and be like, guys, it's clear from the testimony that there was a quid pro quo, that he was trying to investigate an American with the help of another country, super wrong. He was trying to do it for his own electoral purposes, super wrong. Yeah, that's like These things are wrong. Us. And we as Republicans believe that this, he should be censured or like something like a punishment of right. some sort. Like they can still walk that line. Why go all in when it, the evidence is so clear? I just I don't understand because you can be like, look, we're not going to impeach because this is not – we don't believe it rises to that level. I could – understand someone saying that but we do believe that he should have some sort of you know yeah, some slap sort of, on the wrist. Yeah, right. like you're not allowed to do that we've specifically become a nation that says that we don't do that and we recognize that you know yeah just especially that. since just that. they're just give like me that at least at least show me they're some the of party that. of like moral superiority you know how they sell themselves rule of a, law rule of, rule of special, law and like um oh like foreign like yes. domestic issues are so intense to them and it's like so we're just like it's wild to me that they're yeah uh, we're throwing our our ourselves in with dictators now yeah. and like because uh, that, that's what this behavior is it's uh, yeah. bullying right yeah 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 and you're in, it, he was investigating an American yeah. like fully so it's just like what that that seems to be your right your ultimate fear what, what you go to bed at night terrified yeah that we don't do this <laughs> it's like, does Donald Trump have like nudie pictures of, of all everyone. the <laughs> I don't understand I feel Lindsey Graham for sure <laughs> I feel like Lindsey Graham sent them and, and David not... Nunes I know Trump has like a microchip implanted in David and Mitch McConnell what's his name just... Devin D- David Nunes <laughs> I'm like can't Whatever. Devin Nunes they get very um, sometimes I thought I saw 10 of the same guy I was like was that yeah, the same guy the I just saw they're all in the suits yeah 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 all right the you women guys. have all been just the picture of calmness and really well, just even like Ste- sticking Stefanovic their job on the GOP side a congresswoman out of it's her district up somewhere in upstate New York oh she's upstate no, Cal- New York is she upstate New York yeah but she's actually uh, at least saying something that's <laughs> I mean like she's not talking about the ratings right um, and we can also vote her out in New York by the way but let's <laughs> let's get real about that district everybody I know what she's is being prim- 21 she is being primary challenged she's got oh. to go yeah, yeah. no not, sorry not primary challenge she's being challenged by a, a, de- a Democrat so oh, I'm pretty nice. sure so yeah we'll highlight that that uh, district <laughs> soon enough um, you guys we are gonna move on and uh, we're just gonna I don't know let me know what you think it's what do you what's happening to America <laughs> what let me know happening? what yeah, let me know what's happening. happening to America okay thanks now let's move on to topic number three. Oh my god you guys um we read an article <laughs> oh yeah hold on a I book. actually it was a book it was, it was a very book. long and I'm sorry about that I also did you notice that every time I'm here we do a kid segment do we? Yeah. Uh, oh, I would so say this is, <laughs> but this the, is lightest, about the lightest of my three topics of whenever <laughs> I've been here, which has been nice. <laughs> Usually, uh, one time when it was like teen suicide, it was like, oh, God. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny. I, I don't find children light at all. I'm like, am I making bad decisions? <laughs> what am I doing with my life? That's so funny that we've, and it's like, um, yeah, but I, I, but I thought this article was great. <laughs> well, Please. <laughs> <laughs> Do we really talk about teen suicide? Yeah, it was, it was right? next to a because of a Netflix thing. Oh, that's right. Oh. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well, you guys, we uh, <laughs> read a piece in the Times called The End of Babies by Anna Louise Sussman. And 
I thought this was a fascinating piece because basically the birth rate is down. And it's not just in the United States and other wealthy countries like Denmark, but also in rural areas of China or nearly uh, and nearly all of the developing countries. And for in every region of the world, the birth rate is down. And it seems like it can't all be for the same reason or whatever. But what's happening? It's a global trend. Um, and, it, you know, because if you ask an American, why is the birth rate down? They'd say, because there's no child care and there's too much financial anxiety to having kids here. Uh, and that would be true, right? That's a reasonable argument coming from an American. But then why is the birth rate down in Denmark, where they have a year of paid maternity leave and they have tons of child care and they have a highest rate of a, they have a low income gap between a, a, they have a low income gap and they also have high rates of gender equality, right? But the birth rate is also down in Denmark. Right. Why? Why would it be down there? Because they don't have all of the reasons that, that the birth rate would be down in the United States. So I just thought this whole thing was fascinating. Um, what did you guys understand about <laughs> why the birth rate is down globally? Do, they see in the article, maybe it was just say, like, it seemed to blame a lot of it or, or assign some of maybe the causes to like late capitalism. Just yeah. even, even if you uh, so it's financially, oh, I don't have enough money. I'm worried about having a kid is one of the reasons. Or if you do have enough money. Your um the the messaging your whole life has been to achieve or or or, or yeah. like you want to do that like you can take vacations you can have a fabulous like what why would you want a kid right you, you know right like, so it's like it's late capitalism <laughs> how it's affecting different parts of the world but it's effect it's it's affecting different parts of the world uniformly but for slightly different yeah reasons, for different reasons right? in all the different like income brackets maybe. right so China <laughs> it's industrialized blah 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 but. They lifted the one-child policy. You can now have two, but then people aren't having two. Yeah. Um, and there, it's like um, a variety of reasons like um, – Well, there, there – a lot of that one was all about like um, they put so much weight on the one child. Like you have to put your child in the best school. You have to get your child right, a yeah. piano. You have to get your ch- – so it's like, it, yes, it's a lot of money for your child, but it's so much anxiety – on a child, it's like, do we want to do this again? Yeah, exactly. It's like making you have you can't just have a child. You have to you have Optimize. to have a perfect child, exactly, exactly, who goes to all of the schools and who right. speaks in multiple languages and who has multiple instruments and has all the extracurricular activities. And they got that mm-hmm. from the American example. Right. So, which developed, which is our way that we developed child rearing. As a as it relates to late capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that China took from us like one of the most anxiety laden <laughs> yeah. ways. <laughs> it's like they didn't adopt the cool stuff; they adopted the fucking most heinous. Yeah. Um, what did you make of this piece? I thought it was very interesting. We had like the different regions of the world. Why? Why? Uh, Reasons it could be down. And then also at the end, it, she framed it as a very personal question. Right. Um, she brought in, she'd frozen her eggs and sort of felt, um, which I, I, as a side note, I'd like to say, I, I, the church that I grew up in, a lot of people adopted. And I saw it at a very young age as seemingly one of the regular options. I feel like when you grow up with something yeah. happening, you just seems, and it seemed that, oh, that makes sense to me. Here are these people that either couldn't have kids or were and taking in children that, yeah. and so it just seemed very like a regular thing people did and right. it, like a great option of, so, and she actually brought that up about how, why would I have 
my own children when I know there's all these children. And then she talked about remembering things that her father who she, had passed who away, had passed away right. and when passing she was like those, seven yeah and passing those things on which i think is very emotional and i kind of teared up reading I it know, a little bit too. and i was like i gotta get my i can't have these feelings right now i'm on a train <laughs> and um <laughs> i'm probably gonna have them again and so it made the art it the discussion became very personal um which i think changes the whole you know what i mean why i, I also feel like in somewhere in the middle of it the rate was still on the average 1.7 children right. per woman. So that's, we're still replacing ours. There's, we're not. It's not declining. We're not going extinct. Um, well, I mean, Japan is. I mean, you know, if we're looking at c- country by country, like Japan yeah. is not replacing their population. I also think it's interesting. And, and Denmark is having a problem. The yeah. idea, though, and this was brought up in the Denmark with the way they did their signage, the idea that people who adopted, that those children aren't Danish mm. because the isn't passing ideas on. Uh, just as important as passing genes right. and taking responsibility for children in other places that needs homes and bringing them. How is that not also replacing your population in an equally valuable way? Maybe the genes are out, but you're you're taking care of a global population. Right. I mean, I think it's interesting to look at this like next to the refugee crisis or something like that where you have all these children that yeah. need places right. and you're worried Displaced. i just it's it's a it's another part of the argument that's i think that putting it in a personal lens of being a, a human being whether or not to have children i think that it really added to the article and then i do think that that's a separate discussion of why we so don't see adopting kids as why would that as not a, as carrying on the lineage? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think because it's fucked, you're right? passing on your ideas yeah. and your love. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, and I and I and I definitely, you know, as like a new mom, one of the big things for me is, you know, and Leah seen me speak Farsi to my baby. Like that's the thing to me. I could speak Farsi to any fucking baby, to be honest. Like right. you know what I mean? She's mine and all that stuff. But like it's like. The, that's among the most important to me. It's not, it's like, but I can teach Farsi to anyone. Yeah. And I completely <laughs> respect people that want to, obviously I want to support anybody that wants to have children. I also don't think though that we should frame the way that people who maybe have children through other means as not replacing the population yeah, of that that's country. That's what was fucked up about the article to me. I, I completely agree. And I do, I the ending where she was talking about like passing on the genes of her father to her frozen eggs, I did, the, I do think it, it was great writing and enhanced the article and is a valid idea. I just was like, it, this is, I, I'm gay. I, I don't have kids. I don't have the money. Um, but also, so if I did want kids, yes, I guess I could, you know, whatever, find a donor or what, but I would just adopt because it's like that seems like a fucking yeah that seems exotic like to, to like so like to get the medical people involved to make a baby when it's like there is a baby that doesn't have yeah to me it feels weird of course everyone's different can do their own thing but but, I, but regardless of that i think what you know the thing i think the she she honestly complicated the piece yeah, by right, adding right. her own story into it. Oh, she did, but at least but, it made me realize why she was talking about it. <laughs> right, but I think the, the you know larger, not why that it's not important, no, right. but like why right. like where the passion behind yeah. it was right. from. I think the, but the, the larger trend, and this is just this is definitely something governments are worried about. This mm-hmm. right because we have to be able to like maintain a certain level of population for all of our social services, our tax base, or da 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 to function, and when we don't do that things crumble and then we you know there 
you know, what happens to Social Security and all that stuff. So the global trend, though, is still fascinating. And part of it is, um, you know, like with when you were talking about and I thought this was the most interesting to be in Denmark, to have absolutely everything at your fingertips. Right. You have child care, you have maternity leave, you have just a, a social safety net that is unfathomable to me as an American. I dream about a social safety net like that. Healthcare not an issue. College right. that doesn't cost College anything. Totally, you know. I mean, it's like that's all fake. of my anxieties. <laughs> it's yeah. all, exactly. It's everything I worry it's about every, taking off the issue. Yeah. Exactly. It's every American anxiety completely taken off the table, and you'd think that would and they they would want. They would be like, well, now we can just have a family. It's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, because for me, it's like, I, so I have the one. And the the if you had asked me like 10 years ago, how many do you want? I would have said a none or two. Like right. I was on the fence about having them at all. But I was like, but I think if I have them, I'd like two. But now the the financial anxiety, the, the, the American condition I'm in. Is literally really left me at a I'm, right now. I'm at a one. One looks good. Yeah. But, and and one of the things she pointed out is that like a lot of people say they want two and they end up with one, or say they right. want one and end up with zero. So there's there's a desire to have kids, even adopted kids, and it doesn't happen. And in so the Denmark case, when you have none of the anxieties that we have, they um they just feel like they have so many things they could do with their time. Why do it? Because capitalism has now created a value where you can how are you going to exploit all your many many wonderful opportunities right how are you going to are you going to go to morocco you know what i mean are yeah. you going to um go jet skiing in the adriatic or whatever like we place so much value in those things um where parenting seems bland and overburdened by comparison. Yeah. And so I think this I think and I think that's fascinating because it seems it's it's we now talk about parenting as the end of life. <laughs> right? We do. We talk right. about it that way all the time. And I've you know, when I was pregnant, I had to constantly remind myself, even if Leah saw me do this, I'd be like, it's going to be the end of my career. No, it is not right. the end of my career. Like, it's not the end of my career. It's not the end of my ability to travel. It's not the end of, like, the fun that I can have as a person. Um, it's not the end of those things. But we, but there is a cultural discourse yeah. around it that is that. And I find that very – and I think that – does, has led to some of these global trends. I, I I totally agree with that, and agree with the mindset too. Because I, I always thought I wanted kids because I'm good with kids and I really like kids. But then I've just truly never been in a financial place where that was even slightly an option. And luckily, I can't accidentally get pregnant, so that, <laughs> so it just like wasn't going to happen. But then now, the older I get, I'm like, wait, do I like? I don't have to have them, and it wouldn't. It would be like way easier. Right, you know, right, like, right, 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 you know, right, and, and, right. Yeah. And it would. Like, you just, you, you're you not thinking about caring for another life at all times. And I do think that is a product of some, some of the, it's like, oh, well, then I wouldn't be able to do that. Well, you would. But yeah. in my brain, I'm like, well, no, I wouldn't. You know what? I, like, I feel like from outside sources telling me, oh, you can't do that. I think that uh, Kamala Harris brought up, she actually said this that I thought was really important in the debates last night uh, Amer in America when we were talking about paid family leave. Um, you know, and I'll, two things. One of them is with Denmark, like I, 
as somebody who's self-employed and my parents are self-employed, my life is centered around getting terrified that I'll get sick and not be able to afford it and it will ruin me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anytime I like see a mole, I'm like, it's over. I won't be able to <laughs> fix this. I mean, it's chronic. So the idea yeah. that that would be lifted, uh, it, it, unbelievable. But, unbelievable. Um, she's brought up that when they were talking about what was the length of time their plans were for uh, paid family leave, uh, paid maternity leave, um, she said that because people are having children later yeah a new problem which i thought was like i don't think it was mentioned in this article but it's something that i always think about when it comes to kids is that women and men when they have kids now they're also in a position that they are also taking care of their parents or getting ready to take care of their parents and that that is overwhelming and i think that's really true yeah it's daycare Uh, and the hospital yeah it's like oh yeah that's because i feel very responsible for my family and my parents thank God, are very healthy people. Um, but I do, f- any if anything ever happened, it will be, I will be there. Yeah. Right. So then what would I do? With a kid. With a kid. Yeah. yeah. That I can't afford healthcare for anybody for anyway. And I'm, you know what I mean? Moving yeah. to, so it's like those kind of issues are all compounding. And I do think the older parents are then in the position to take care of their parents is a part of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's huge. And I do think that that it's int- well, and, and that is one of the things that the article didn't address because what's happened even in places like rural China, where people le- have left rural areas to go and work in cities, is p- families have become dispersed. So this, mm-hmm. pr- the, where we used to all live in the same home, and even in places like China, that's not necessarily happening as much anymore. The the issue of who's going to take care of their parents is so much more of a problem. And we don't have, you know, in the United States, certainly not the social safety net to help care for the el- for your elderly We don't. Parents. It's just family. Your family has to do it. Your the- family oh, totally. has to do. You have to work it out. You have to be financially prepped for it. It's, um, it's a real nightmare. And emotionally nightmare. prepped. I yeah. mean, you see people taking care of people and it's their... And yeah. I'm happy... You know, ideally, my parents will live forever. Yes. This is the bubble All I want our, to be yes. in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And 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 I think you're you're absolutely right that those two anxieties compile um, at the same time to create a very untenable situation. Plus with like a random mole. It's like too much. You just can't be like. <laughs> and you have a random mole. I got a mole a I have to take care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It actually ended up just being a little bit of pad thai that I fell asleep in. <laughs> it, was... it threw me off for a whole day. <laughs> but that, that's it. You were talking about Japan earlier. The uh, Like they aren't replacing one to one. But that's and, and I remember reading an article years ago about that. That in Japan, how they'll soon like seniors will outnumber like the generation exactly. before them. It's like, and then what the fuck happens? Because it's like, happens? oh, well, we've been re- re- relying on family or nurses or whoever to take care of people. It's like, well, what if there's more people? Uh, the, right. Like, what is going to happen? Exactly. Well, I mean, the good, well, the good part of the situation, robots, robots. actually, uh, uh, climate crisis is probably going to knock us all out yeah, first. That's so true. that's why. Yeah, this might not be <laughs> hey, an issue. Silver lining. <laughs> silver, silver lining is um, that we'll all get washed away in a flood. Well, yeah. what, but one thing I did want to point out before we wrap the segment is that an economist in the in the um, piece was uh, quoted as saying that um, there's two features of modern life that correlate with low fertility rising. Um, sorry, low fertility, and that's rising workism and declining religiosity. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, Ooh. and that's something we probably, <laughs> the three of us in this room, have experienced, yeah. right? Work, a work life that is constant, constant. nonstop. Yes. 
And then and uh, religiosity being just like not a, as as big a factor in most of our lives, right. you know. Um, and so and and there is you know pe- you, people who live in those religious communities like the Mormons, um, the Hasidic Jews, whatever. They actually have a very healthy rising birth rates mm-hmm. um, because that's something that they value. They also have an institutional structure in their own communities. To help care right. for a baby, you know, they, they also have a terrible, like, gender equality scorings, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, there's a different situation going on there. But but the fact that I, you know, but the, the fact that they are part of a community, I think, helps um, them have children. Yep. Um, and then, of course, so, so yeah, so those read as very true to me, that workism. And I think the other thing... You know, she talked about the the demographic of people of which I am a part, which is like we're still able to have babies, but it's harder. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, you might need medical intervention and you wait too long because you're like, well, let me just get to this point in my career. Wait, let me just get to this exactly, other point in my career. Exactly. Wait, let me now save some money so that I can, you know, there's so many points you have to get to before you feel like you can put your body through that and then not have time to work on your career as much. Um, And the person who wrote that article talked about how she was saying she, in her head, wants to have $200,000 saved before she has a baby. And like, to as a me, single mom. Yeah. yeah and th- I mean, that makes sense. But to me, I'm like, oh my God, $200,000. So meanwhile, people have been having kids on like $5. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. People in poverty. But it's just, it's wild to be like, this, is, wanna, this would make yeah. me feel good. It's I, also a part of this article that maybe I missed, but I didn't, that another reason that people are waiting is because now women have the choice. Yeah. Um, that, and that's the part of that that's very yeah, positive that's, that didn't read in this article. No. Because you we were expected to have a baby right away. That's how we got married and we got out of the home and we didn't have job options. And yes, I think overworking for both men and women is something we need to figure out. And um, a lot of these issues are things we need to talk about. But there there are positive reasons why people are waiting. Yeah. Totally. No. uh, Yeah. I just hope. I mean, people, uh, women used to have to have children when they were thirteen years old, and the birth rate was up. You know, that's not the positive side of this story. No, of course not. No, of course not. There is something that just is sad to me about it because I, I think because I think the workism thing is really sad. I think the declining religiosity isn't happy or sad, but to me, an indicator of declining sense of community and neighborliness. Mm-hmm. That's and, very sad. And yeah. that to me is very sad. I think that's one of the reasons people leave New York, except for a while you're like, yo, I, I need a, people that I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I do or think they're bringing people, yeah. Denmark was that the Denmark in that story was being like, they have these they things have and, and they're still, still not yeah, doing that's it. The thing, so yeah. that's the issue. Right, exactly. The, that, talking about America is the workism and the declining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's happening in places where that isn't the issue. Well, they have declining religiosity there. But too. they have all these other but supporting other things. Right, right. So that's not the heart they're, of the issue. And she doesn't me, bring up what she thinks the heart of the issue is. To yeah. me, it, like, so for Denmark, right, it's, it. I think it's an Instagram life. You know, yeah. like I could be leading an Instagram life. Is it or, or is I it could have a like... baby? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> she has her hands in the air. She has her hands in the Because like... I, I feel like that wasn't brought up. What the uh, what is the issue that lines up besides like post capitalism, uh, which is very vague? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, 
It's we have to do a region by region explanation. I think basically. that the question is why do you not want? You know what I mean? She needed to not. She needed to. This was great, and I appreciate it. But a, a furthering would be like besides this sort of like. I understand America. We're broke. We don't have health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. We got to take care of 30 people. We're you know what I mean? But in places debt. where you're yeah. set up, what is the desire? Yeah. Well, and why isn't the desire there? Yeah. And do you think that the desire has always been there? Or now that you feel like you don't have to, are people like, oh, you know what I mean? That's a question that when you take away the things away, I understand America, why we don't have them. What is that? Yeah. Uh, well, we're not going to solve it today. Well, I think and... we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, uh, that's the end of the show. Wow. Oh, how do you feel? I feel good. Like I'm saying, this was lighter fare than I feel like I've had before. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel good. We've really put Aaron through the ringer on Fake <laughs> yeah, the Nation. I, guess. I don't even remember specifically. I just remember leaving being like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to die. Which we still are. (laughs) You guys, I would love for the people of Fake Nation to be able to follow you and all your good works. Where do they do that? Leah Bonima. Um, On all the social medias, I am at Leah Bonima, L-E-A-H-B-O-N-N-E-M-A. And then you can, uh, Mako has a podcast called Were You Raised by Wolves? And it comes out every Monday. Um, So check us out on iTunes. Do that, you guys. Subscribe. Do your job. Subscribe. That's your job. She's putting out the podcast. Your job is to subscribe you just click to it. The button. Aaron Jackson. I'm um on Twitter. I'm Aaron Jackson eight five, and then on um Instagram, I'm garbage troll. Um, <laughs> is eight is eight five your birth year? Yeah, I, I it was a when, very bold. I think you should I spell Twitter Aaron. Was new. I think you should spell Aaron. Oh, for a, a, you're right. A A R O N. Yeah, it was bold to put the birth year. It was back when I was was like, what is Twitter? <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I have my birth year in my original G- email, and I was yeah. like, we're dropping that. You gotta one. drop it. I gotta <laughs> drop it. Yeah. Um, you guys know where to find me and all the stuff. Um, I'm gonna I, thank you so much for all the people that have been emailing me and uh, and oh <laughs> to all the people who emailed me to tell me that Devin Nunes has a has Portuguese heritage and that's and that is the correct pronunciation of his name. Uh, not Nuno. <laughs> it's not no. Nuno. Um, no, because we were like, why is it Nunez? You know, but uh, the Portuguese pronunciation would have to be Nunez. At any rate, thank you guys. Um, you you really pay attention, and I deeply appreciate it. Um, I would really like, though, to thank all the people that make the show possible. That's our production team here at Fake the Nation. Our producer for one last time, oh. Harry Nelson. <laughs> He moves on to greener pastures. Greener, sunnier pastures. Sunnier pastures in Los Angeles. Uh, But he will not be uh, dead to us. Um, (laughs) uh, We still accept him as a person. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't want to make you cry, Harry, uh, with these final sentiments. I'm going to (laughs) cry. We also want to thank our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, Lily Fleshler helps with research, and dear listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, uh, topics you think we should be chatting about guests we should have on <laughs> Biden supporters always looking for those Biden supporters. Um, <laughs> never, mind, never mind delightful conservatives I'm always <laughs> looking for those 
Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or drop us a line at comfortofakethenation.com. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show. You guys are great. And we'll be back in your earballs next week.